is Histories and Mysteries Uncovered. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jessica. And on this week's episode, Ashley is going to be talking about Hotel Del Salto, and I will be talking about Genghis Khan, which may be two parts, but I don't know yet. (laughs) We'll see when we get there. (laughs) I would also like to apologize. I think my voice sounds more nasally than usual. I am getting sick. My children are sick, and they finally gave it to me. Nice. Also, for those of you that watch our YouTube, um, I didn't notice this, but my dog chewed up some stuff back here. So there's that. (laughs) (laughs) So holly. Or Pinky. Really the choice, you know? Really? Yeah, they both like to. Pinky really likes to chew up cardboard. And that's what this looks like it is. So holly chews up things like toys, furniture, the side of my house. What? When she was a puppy, she started chewing on like this corner we have inside and she chewed like through the drywall. <laughs> Bullshit. The holly. She naughty girl. Oh my gosh. Okay. So uh, tell me all about this hotel. So it is the most haunted hotel in Colombia. Okay. I got my sources from All That's Interesting, several articles from All That's Interesting, The Vintage News grunge magazine or something like that. And then I did find a Reddit user that talked about it, um, Nascent26. So I put some of their information in here and I'll tell you what information I brought from them. So like take that with a grain of salt because I couldn't find too much on this for it being the most haunted hotel in Colombia. There's just not a lot. Almost every single article I read was like the exact same information. Well, because it could go one of two ways, right? You either get a huge influx of tourists wanting to go to a haunted hotel, mm-hmm. or I find that Colombia is a very um, superstitious country, mm-hmm. potentially. So they could be wanting to hide that information for fear that it's going to... Yeah. Drive people away. Yeah, I can see, definitely see both of those. And right? actually, I talk about a little bit of that in here. Okay. It's a shorty, but a goodie. Woo, my favorite. <laughs> All right. So in 1923, affluent architect Carlos Arturo Tapias built a mansion that he called the Mansion of. <laughs> I just looked up how to say this Taquandaba Falls. Taquandaba. Taquindama Falls. That's right. So in Michigan, we have a waterfall in our upper upper peninsula called the Taquamanon Falls. And it's very similar to this, but they pronounce it Taquindama. So if I say Taquandama, I'm going with Taquamanon Falls, (laughs) but it's Taquindama. So, okay. And it noted. Was, <laughs> <laughs> it was named that because it overlooks the Taquindama Falls in Bogota, Colombia. It was luxurious to say the least. It was built in French design with high window panes. I saw a couple of sources that said it was a representation of elegance and sophistication of the elite class of the 1920s. How did you say that city's name? Bogota? Bogota? You said Bogota. Did I? Yeah. Oh, Bogota. (laughs) (laughs) No, 
not Vagata. <laughs> I, I had to take a second there. <laughs> Vagoda. Their <Okay>. capital. <laughs> not Vagata. Um, during one of the mansion's lavish parties, a socialite was brutally murdered in one of the rooms, spraying her blood everywhere. The guest who murdered her was said to hear voices from the hotel telling him to do so. Whoa. And that's it. That's the only information I could find on it. I was so mad. I wanted to hear more about this. Like, who was she? Who was the murderer? What happened? But nope, that's that's literally all I could find. What year was it? Uh, in the 1920s. So between 1920 and 1928. Okay. So I wish I knew more, but I do not. By 1928, an extension that had been built made the mansion perfect for use of a hotel for the rich, naming it the Hotel del Salto. It became the go-to spot for anyone rich enough to afford a night's stay. Um, one of its famous guests was Charles Lindbergh. He stayed there. Throughout the years, the hotel flourished. It saw... S- wow, okay. I didn't realize this, but I just jump right into this. So <laughs> I thought of, I didn't realize it was like... I thought I was going to eat. No. Throughout the years, as the hotel flourished, it saw several people leap to their death over the edge of the hotel. (laughs) I just went right in there. No (laughs) segui. Nope. So it's thought that the indigenous people, Musica, cursed the land after they used it to escape from the Spanish conquistadors. Rather than be under um, the slavery of the conquistadors, the Musca, Musica, musk, ma, mu, mus, musca. Yeah, you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, so now do I we, feel do like I'm need saying, to call for help. <laughs> well, I want I want to say this right, and it's it's mouse. No, because now I feel like I'm saying Mickey Mouse, Miska, Muska, Mickey Mouse. How's it spelled? M-U-I-S-C-A. And I even looked up a pronunciation prior to recording this. And I even wrote it out phonetically. And I still can't get it. Muiska? 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 Yeah, Muiska. Sorry to the (laughs) Muiska people. So rather than be under the slavery of the conquistadors, the Muisca people would leap from the top of the cliff, believing that rather than die, they would be transformed into eagles and fly back towards the heavens. Oh, my. Which is what gave the waterfall its name. It The, oh, God, I just, this is real hard. The translation? Yeah, the Tequidema. Tequidema, whatever. Tequindema. Tequindema, thank you. I am struggling, man. The Tequindema translates to he who precipitated downward. So this romanticized story of them turning into eagles and flying back to heaven is what many believe draws others to die by suicide at this spot as well. So there's a lot of people that left leapt off this cliff. Eventually, in 1920, Columbia followed suit 
Um, that was supposed to say 1930. Columbia followed suit with America and entered the Great Depression. This coupled with the fact that factories and farms were dumping waste into the river, causing the waterfall to turn brown and just smell really bad, made it so that the hotel didn't really do well anymore. Um, they didn't have a lot of guests. They didn't have a lot of money for upkeep. So it really kind of went by the wayside. It was still operating as a hotel until 1990, but then it finally shut down and uh, became an abandoned building for a while. But the memories of the hotel have never left. People have reported hearing voices, some having hearing conversations in a language they don't know. Presumably the Moiska people Probably the language that they spoke is what they're hearing. Others have seen apparitions walking the grounds, bodies falling into water. Some specific rooms. So this specific rooms is what I got from the Reddit. So again, take this as you will. Some specific rooms seem to be haunted, such as room 201, where it is suggested that a woman died by suicide after her lover left her. The balcony, which is said to be haunted by a young couple who leapt to, leapt to their deaths. Or room 217, where a man hanged himself after losing all of his money. That's a lot of tragedy. Yeah. People also say that you can see that young socialite that was murdered peering from the window of the room where she died. After the hotel shut down in 1990, again, the building remained abandoned for several years. Uh, locals and tourists have said that they hear screams coming from the abandoned building. There's also constant mudslides on the road to the property, which is people think it's the paranormal wanting you to leave them alone, kind of into that superstition. In 2011, the abandoned building was changed into the Tequinima Falls Museum of Biodiversity and Culture. Their mission is to recover the region and make it free, clean, and surrounded by a healthy ecosystem. The museum opened in 2016, and some are saying that this upset the ghosts because they didn't like the change the changes that were made to their building, and the activity has become even more commonplace within the hotel, or I guess museum now. That's crazy. Yeah. So you can go and see the museum if you want. Um, it's it's beautiful. The The building prior to it turning into a museum was a brick building, and it's gorgeous. When they turn it into a museum, they paint it over at white to make it more modern looking. So it's not as historically pretty, but other than that, it's, it's beautiful. And right where it's located, it's on the cliff. There's a waterfall across the way. It's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. And I think probably people who did die by suicide there um, liked that it was so pretty. You know, the last thing you see is this gorgeous scenery. So yeah, very peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. So that is my quickie story. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. I, like I said, I wanted it to be longer. I wanted to dive so much more into everything else, but I just could not find anything. And I was like too far into it. And I was like, well, this is going to be so short, but it's, it's pretty interesting. I think it is very interesting. It's always cool to hear. And it's it's kind of an interesting 
contrast and imagery to put in your head that, you know, they saw that beautiful waterfall and they found some peace in that, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. But, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just I'm thinking about my story. <laughs> okay. I'm a little stressed about it. Why? <laughs> well, because it's, I'm just, it's such an old story. Yeah. Like from the 1100s. Yeah. So sources are a little bit, um, not contradictory. But it was hard to kind of piece it all together. Gotcha. And hopefully it makes sense. (laughs) I'm sure it will be great. And I'm just, I struggle with that. I was even going to apologize, but I'm going to apologize (laughs) because I I don't know how to pronounce any of these names. I wasn't even going to begin to try because they are so old. I don't think that it would have worked. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll do better than my mini stroke moment I had. So, Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's where I got stuck on. If you have children and you watch <laughs> Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, the magic words to get into the clubhouse are Miska, Muska, Mickey Mouse. So I was wanting to say muska but i was like that's not right and i couldn't get my brain off of muska that's fair (laughs) we don't watch that so like that's fair gotcha yeah okay so i'm just gonna dive into it do it and hopefully we all like it it's very (laughs) it's very history heavy okay but i found it really interesting because i didn't honestly know a lot about him i don't know a lot about him otherwise other than he is like a warrior kind of i think a jerk right yeah okay yeah that's about so, all i know yeah uh whereabouts are we huh 836 okay yeah <clears throat> though the world knows him as genghis khan or chingis khan the infamous mongol ruler's real name was Temujin. Temujin? Yeah. Sorry, I muted myself because I was coughing and then I tried to unmute myself. So that's why my reaction was so slow. Or Temujin. I can see why he changed it to Genghis Khan. That's way cooler sounding. Yeah. (laughs) Good old Timmy back there. (laughs) Timu. (laughs) Look the website. (laughs) Timu. Timu. (laughs) I got some great Halloween things off of Timu. I can laugh at him now because he's dead. Yeah. So it's fine. And he's a jerk, right? We he's can laugh jerk. at jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was baptized in honor of a Tatar chieftain that his father had conquered when he was born in Mongolia circa 1162. And the sources kind of differed. So they kind of just met in the middle at 1162 as being his birth year. <laughs> Can we be in the middle with my year and give me a couple years off? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) 
He shared similar potential and was derived from Kabul Khan, who had briefly united Mongolia against China in the early 1100s. A blood clot in his hand at birth was thought by local legend to foretell his future leadership. How? I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know how a blood clot makes you think that he is going to be a great leader. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how they got there. (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) We'll let them be. We'll let them do their own thing. He is also believed to be of divine descent, when his first ancestor being a gray wolf or born with destiny from heaven to be high. Wait, that was wrong. (laughs) I was born to be high, too. (laughs) oh my gosh he is also believed to be of divine descent his first ancestor was a gray wolf and it was said that he was born with a high destiny wait (laughs) i too have a high destiny Born with a destiny from heaven on high. There we go. Ah, yes. Okay. So sorry. That was a struggle. It was a funny struggle, though. So good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even high. (laughs) I know what's on your mind, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm drinking Trulies. They have this New Year's Eve lighted up pack then i've got cranberry cheers it's really good nice nice when genghis was nine years old his father i'm gonna call him genghis instead of Timujin, but his he's Timujin right now okay well yeah please call him genghis okay good old Tim or timmy <laughs> timmy works too okay when timmy was nine years old his father was <laughs> stop it <laughs> When Timmy was nine years old, his father was poisoned by a band of Tatars, uh, which was another nomadic group, in retaliation for an ancient dispute. Oh, gosh. Good old ancient disputes. Yeah, I'm glad we don't really have those anymore. Yeah. His father, who was Yasuke. Like people to people. I know still countries do, but like people to people. But Yeah. yeah. After his father Yusuke's death, the rest of the clan, under the leadership of the Rydal Teichuit family, left his widow Huyun and her kids behind, believing them to be too helpless to lead and taking advantage of the chance to grab power. The tiny family lived in abject poverty for a while, surviving mostly on fish and roots rather than the typical nomad diet of mutton and mare's milk. Timmy was resentful of his half-brother's gradual ascent to prominence in the family, so he shot and killed him with an arrow as a result of this frustration. Oh my gosh, savage. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like a half-brother, brother from another mother, or like, you know, I don't know. The sources were kind of varied, and it was very confusing. Gotcha. Around the age of 20, he was captured by this group who kept him in their camp with a wooden collar around his neck. 
He managed to escape, and even though one of their own caught him, they let him go because they saw how determined he was, and they just, I don't know. It seemed weird to me. Honestly, I feel like a lot of this is kind of like tall tales. Yeah, I mean, throughout the years, they tell the stories, you know, and I'm sure it changed a bit and got a little bit larger than life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On another occasion, some horse thieves decided that they wanted to steal the family's horses. So Timmy decided to go out into the night to get them back. And along the way, he encountered a young boy who assisted him in the search for the horses. And this guy basically just stayed with him for the rest of his days. He was kind of indentured to him. I don't know. Okay. Seems weird. Yeah. Despite their rejection by the royal... For Jijin clan, Temujin and his family appear to have retained a significant amount of reputation as members of it. He was able to reclaim the wife Isuge had betrothed him to shortly after his death. Shortly before his death. <laughs> Can't do this. <laughs> do this. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <sighs> He was able to reclaim the wife Isuge had betrothed him to shortly before his death. The Merkit people, which was a tribe in northern Mongolia, held a resentment towards Timmy because Isuge had adopted, abducted his own wife, Hulyun, from one of their men, and they had ravished Temujin's wife, Borte, in return. Oh my god. So, because of what his father did, these people were like, we're going to ravage your wife. Oh, so, God. Super rude. Okay. People were Savages. awful back then. Yes. Yeah, Savages. Savages. And I mean, I get it. You needed to survive. You did what you needed to do. But. Wow. Two wrongs don't make a right. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Smart up. Temujin felt able to ask Togrel, Khan of the Carrot. It sounded like you said Togirl. Like Togirl. Yeah, but it's like Togrel. Togrel. It's T O G H R I L. Okay, so I was thinking T O E dash G I R L. <laughs> Togirl from Carrot. <laughs> And, like, it's K-E-R-E-I-T. I don't know how else to say that other than carrot. Yeah, that's what I would think. But, right. I mean, don't ask me because I struggled with these pretty <laughs> basic Portuguese words. So, <laughs> no, so not Portuguese, he, Colombian. Anyway. So, he was Khan of the carrot clan with whom Yasuge had the relationship sworn brother and the most powerful Mongol ruler at the time for assistance in reclaiming Borte, which was Timmy's wife. It is so confusing right now. Basically, Timmy asked this dude a favor in getting his wife back. Got it. Okay. He'd had the foresight to restore their connection by giving Togrel a sable skin he'd gotten as a marriage gift. He appears to have had little else to offer, but nevertheless, in exchange, Togrel pledged to rejoin Timmy's scattered people, and he is claimed to have fulfilled his promise by providing 20,000 troops 
and convincing Jamuka, which was Timmy's childhood friend, to supply an army as well. So that's pretty quick little recap. Yeah. Dude is born. He people think he's gonna be a cool leader when he's older. His father gets killed, poisoned by an ancient feud, kills his half-brother, his family lives in poverty. He asks a friend for a favor in getting his wife back, and now he has an army. <laughs> and now he has an army. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> If any of that was confusing to you. That was a good recap. That was a Thank good you. recap. Yeah. <laughs> Last time on Kengis Khan. <laughs> Timmy's marriage to Borte, with whom he had four sons, which is pretty dope back then, marked the beginning of his legacy of bringing together local tribes to form a cohesive and strong Mongolia. So, like, to these people, he is a hero because he brought everybody together. He united a nation, but the yeah. way he did it was kind of scary. I was going to say, so far he sounds like a not so bad guy, but I'm sure we're going to get into the brutality here. Yeah. 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 Can't we just all get along? No. <laughs> On the other hand. The Mongolian practices of polygamy laid the foundation for his legacy as a man whose DNA, you ready for this? Whose DNA is present today in one in 200 males. <gasps> what? Yeah. How many kids did he have? I mean, I bet Once. there's no way of knowing. Khan's harem expanded along with his power, and I will get to this at the very end. One in every 200 men? Yep. Oh, my God. He's a busy boy. He's a busy, busy boy. Get a harem. Damn. Yeah. Wow. I'll get to it after. At the very end, I go over it all. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. It's very interesting. Yeah. So. Um. I don't know where this was supposed to go, but I'm just going to go into it. He cooked people alive. What? So he would cook, like, the chiefs alive of these places that he was trying to conquer. And he would slaughter every male who was taller than three feet. Wow, you didn't really have a good segui into that either. (laughs) I did not. And I honestly did not know where that was supposed to go, so. Yeah, you and I both kind of just jumped into it, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Because the children may be expected to grow up unaware of their true identity and to become devoted Bongo followers. Yeah, I mean, so. I don't know if they would after they see what you did, but maybe. Well, if they're young enough, they're less than three feet tall. They're not very old. They're not going to be yeah, not gonna have true. a great memory, right? So yeah. it's yeah, a way yes. of Because I think Oliver's out. like two feet something so yeah exactly so it's a good way to make sure that people grow up to know you and your rules only wow wow yeah so he, we, we segued really well into him not being a great guy yeah that was real quick real yeah. quick when the curate's alliance with Tolgirl finally fell apart and timmy had to remove this impediment to this impediment 
to his supremacy, supremacy, <laughs> he dispersed the carrot people among the Mongols as servants and troops. So, like, this dude helped you out. And then now all of a sudden he's just in his way. So he's like, you guys can be slaves or you can fight for me. That's kind of rude. Yeah, that's real nice. Real nice. This harshness was more than just wanton cruelty. Timmy wanted to leave no old rival aristocrats alive. In order to supply himself with a fighting army, and above all, to destroy the sense of clan allegiance that encouraged fragmentation and unify all the nomads in personal obedience to his family. Also, can we laugh that you said wanton <laughs> instead of wanton? <laughs> I, I heard it as soon as I said it. <laughs> now I want a wanton. That sounds really good. Uh, that should be like a um, a sticker for our patrons. A wonton, <laughs> <laughs> a wonton with Genghis Khan's face in it. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh, that'd be amazing. Someone make it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone we know uh, we got a lot of artistic geez. fans out there. So. <laughs> Or listeners, so if 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 you want to make us a, a wonton, let's <laughs> face it, let us know, or even my face, that'd be fine too. <laughs> when he was crowned emperor of the steppes in 1206, he was to entrust thousands of families to the care of his own relatives and companions, replacing the existing pattern of tribes and clans with something more akin to a feudal system. Jamuka's rekindled friendship lasted only a year and a half. So this was the dude that was his childhood friend that supplied an army. Okay. Then one day, as the two friends were marching, Jamuka made an enigmatic remark about the choice of camping spot. Oh, no. He's like, I don't want to go here. So Timmy's wife told him that the two friends should part ways. Because he's questioning your decisions. Oh, I mean, I get it. Like, you have to have strict followers, but, like, also just a camp spot. Yeah. But it can also be argued that Shimuka was attempting to instigate a leadership crisis. But it's also possible that the language is purposefully confusing in order to hide the fact that Timmy was going to desert his companion anyways. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's that one. <laughs> In any case, Timmy followed Borte's advice, and many of Jamuka's own troops deserted him as well, probably recognizing Timmy as the one who would prevail in the end. Bitches have no loyalty. No. Clan leaders began to coalesce behind Timmy and Jamuka, and some of them proposed making Timmy Khan of the Mongols a few years before the turn of the century. I guess Khan means like chief or something. Ah, okay. That makes I'm sense. assuming that's what it is because people are cons of certain tribes. Okay, that makes sense. The circumstances under which they did so, promising him allegiance in battle and hunting, show that they all were seeking, showing that all they were seeking for was a dependable commander 
not the overlord he would become. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. You're all nomadic and you all have your own tribes and you see this guy coming and bringing everybody together and creating this super strong army that's going to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, why wouldn't you like him, you know? And then, and then this happens. Continue. Yeah. Um, sorry. Give me one second. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. 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 <laughs> Sorry. 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 In addition to using spies throughout North we- Northeast Asia. Northwest. <laughs> it's a new direction. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think it is? Nobody knows. <laughs> could be the figure it out yourself. <laughs> It's the directionally challenged direction, okay? (laughs) In addition to using spies throughout Northeast Asia, Genghis Khan also gave his soldiers orders to carry bow with arrows, shields, daggers, and lassos, and he used flag and smoke signals to plan ambushes. His 80,000-man army ruled over eastern and central Mongolia by 1206. Wow, that's that's a huge army. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. His cavalrymen acquired the skill of hand-free horsemanship, which enabled them to launch javelins while galloping and use lances with hooks to pull people off horses at the same time. Okay. I mean... It's good ideas. I just hate them. <laughs> but like insane skill. Like holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Yeah. Genghis Khan, sometimes known as the universal ruler, was formally proclaimed the supreme god of his people in 1207 after he rooted all opposing Mongol tribes. However, the food supply became scarce due to the growing population. And by 1209, Khan's focus shifted to China and its abundant rice fields. Very quickly, Genghis Khan overthrew the Jin dynasty, which was a huge thing. Like, is that Mulan? I don't know. Maybe. No, who'd she fight? She fought, um... She fought, um... Not Genghis Khan. No. It was someone. Someone Genghis Khan E though. Tai Long? Yeah. Or was that or was that Kung Fu Panda? Oh. <laughs> very similar. Very similar stories. Ashley's looking up the information. My computer will work with me here. Who did Mulan fight? The nomadic Rurin. Oh, okay. Uh, around the Tang Dynasty, 620 AD. Oh, so like 600 years before this. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Never mind. Crazy. Okay. Let's move on. (laughs) 
So, yeah, he overthrew the Jin dynasty, which was a huge dynasty at the time, after subduing the empire in northwest China, known as Western Xia. However, he had to fight for their rice fields for almost 20 years before winning. Oh, my This man gosh. did not give up. I would have given up after like a year and a half. I'd be like, all right, I'm like, well, you know what? I would have given up after a couple of days. I'd have been like, I'm out of here. This is not worth it. Right. He was desperate to take on the Quarism dynasty in the Middle East by 1219. Its leader had returned the severed head after killing one of his envoys. So he was pissed. He was bad. He's like, you don't kill my bro. Yeah, yeah, I can see where that would make him a bit mad. Yeah. The Jin Dynasty and the subjugated Western Zaya declined to assist Khan in defeating the Quarism and the Quarism and instead formed an alliance against him. <laughs> Loser. Without them, Genghis Khan continued his advance and used 200,000 troops to wage a vicious, three-pronged attack against the Middle Eastern dynasty. In every city he destroyed, he heaped men, women, and children's skulls atop mountains. But after defeating them in 1221, he focused all of his energy on the Western Zions who had disobeyed him. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And I don't know if I get into it, but... And it's not funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. But he would make people think that he was going in peacefully. And then he'd just go balls to the walls. That's so rude. You can't do that. That's against right? the rules. Yeah. Super awful. That's so rude. they'd like let their guard down. And then he'd be like, just kidding, bitches. And just go pow, pow. Oh, my gosh. That's awful. Like, horrible man. Yeah. Yeah. Horrible psychological warfare. Without them, Genghis Khan continued his advance and used 200,000 troops to wage a vicious three-pronged attack against the Middle Eastern dynasty. In every city he destroyed, he... Oh, I already said that. Oh, no! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to start that over. During this period, he became unwell, and scholars from Adelaide's flying... Flinders University claimed that he had concealed his illness from his people so that they wouldn't give up on their fight against Western Zaya. Stories of people dying in combat or from infections thus spread. A study in the International Journal of Infectious Diseases said all of these legends were most likely created at a later stage and failed to take into account or even willingly ignored an accepted historical fact. Namely, that Khan's family and followers were instructed to keep Khan's death as their most hidden secret since it happened at the wrong time when the Mongols were at the vital stage of their desired conquest of Western Zaya, the empire against which they had been fighting for over 20 years. Oh, wow. That's crazy. They just like suck, though. Yeah. Can you imagine being the one that found, like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, you know, I don't feel bad for him because he was a shitty dude. But at the same time, like, I feel like it's just kind of shitty because you go all that time 
trying to make something of yourself and you just die before it ended yeah well that's what you get for being a shitty person (laughs) (laughs) for a more fact-based examination of genghis khan's demise the researchers turned to the history of yuan for ages the air was filled with stories of warriors dying from infections caused by arrows or dying from blood loss after being castrated (laughs) but this historical record included more precise information (laughs) (laughs) that's really funny (laughs) so one of the stories i don't know if i even get into it but one of the stories was that a princess castrated him and that's how he died so that'd be really funny well don't castrate yourselves gentlemen (laughs) no she castrated him well, I mean, don't like don't get castrated. Okay, that's 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 more. Yeah, like believable. Like, yeah, don't do it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I heard it from Ashley Carefort. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't get castrated. <laughs> don't do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> According to the record, Genghis Khan became unwell on August 18th, 1227, and had a fever until his death on August 25th. According to previous hypotheses, Genghis Khan died from typhoid, which Ashley spoke about. Was that me or was it you? That was you. You spoke about it in your typhoid, Mary, and I did Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there was, was no decades ending. ago. <laughs> Two? years ago come on decades (laughs) but there is no indication of any accompanying symptoms like vomiting or stomach pain so it doesn't make sense that he would have typhoid. oh okay given the general circumstances of the disease gripping his army as early as 1226 suggests a more reasonable conclusion and retrospective diagnosis that of plague a most ancient history changing and still present disease huh the researchers added that the history of Ewan's vague terminology used to describe the king's symptoms and the duration of the illness make it more reasonable to opt for bubonic plague. Oh, interesting. Which I think you also spoke about. I did. Why am I such a weirdo? <laughs> <laughs> it was all leading up to Genghis Khan. It was. <laughs> Remarkably, it took a nearly a millennium to arrive at this particular diagnosis so now that his cause of death seems to have been figured out his final resting place now seems to be the newest mystery the mongol empire covered what is now north korea eastern europe central russia and iran at the time of genghis khan's death that is a huge Huge span of land. Yeah, it is. After passing away in his mid-60s. Wow. Yeah. He lived for a while for back then. Yeah. He was ancient. Yep. So he left his kingdom in the hands of his heirs, who ruled until the 14th century, and and then it fell apart. Um. And he was buried... With 40 virgins and 40 horses. What? Like, really, they never got to have their day in the sun. It's rude. 
those poor things. According to legend, Genghis Khan ordered the execution of any last Western Zaya. He was buried with his troops, who killed everyone who tried to follow their caravan as they made their way to Karakoram, the Mongol capital. His tomb has never been located, regardless of it. What? Oh, his tomb has never been located, regardless if that even ever occurred. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, they've just never found his tomb. Yeah. Some people think that Khan was interred in a tomb as deep as 65.6 feet by his warriors in accordance with regional traditions from the Eurasian steppe. Had such conventions been real, his tomb would have remained unmarked save for a stone memorial that would have eventually been lost over time. Interesting. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. The image of Genghis Khan is that of a merciless fighter who conquered unfathomable stretches of land. This part is crazy. About 40 million people were killed by him. Oh my gosh. Which resulted in an 11% decrease in the population of Earth. Okay, how did he have time to do all of that killing and all of that fucking? Right. Isn't that insane? That's cr- an 11%. Oh my 11% gosh. 11% decrease. That's insane. So no he may have been so famous. Yeah. He may have been buried on Burkhan Khaldun, a mountain in Mongolia, though this has not ever been confirmed. And the location is not marked with an X. So I don't think we'll ever find him. But maybe we will. Who fucking knows? Yeah, he's probably like they said, an unmarked grave or whatever. Yeah. According to the information available, Genghis Khan had a complicated personality. He possessed incredible physical strength, determination, and and an unbreakable will. Oh. <laughs> I was going to like leave it for next week, but I only have like a page and a half left. So oh, okay. I was like, that doesn't seem logical. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I want to know what happens. He was not stubborn, and he was willing to listen to the advice of others, including his wives and his mother. He was adaptable, and he was capable of deception, but he wasn't petty. Unlike Togrel or Jamuka, he understood the significance of loyalty. Enemies he betrayed... Huh? Did he really, though? He 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 kind of got rid of his friends. He was like, okay, bye. Yeah. Enemies who betrayed the ruler should expect him to punish them harshly, but he would also profit from their betrayal. And if your friends aren't loyal to you, what is the point of keeping them around? He's holding loyal. The one (laughs) the one guy just wanted a different camping site. Well, I know I feel like there was a little bit more to that. I think it just wanted a different camping site. That's it. I think he was trying to assert his dominance. Gotcha. It was a pissing contest like and he lost. Do. Yeah. Fine. Exactly. Fine. <laughs> As he advances out of his familiar zone and into the unfamiliar, settled world beyond the steppe, the picture becomes less harmonic. <laughs> At first, he couldn't see past the immediate benefits of carnage and rapine and was seized by a need for vengeance. Because if you remember, this dude 
was just a little boy and everybody just fucking betrayed him. Right? Everybody yeah. just left him and his family to go live in poverty and eat scraps. And it was just shitty. They lived in the desert. Yeah, and then he killed a bunch of little boys, so. Later on. <laughs> not saying what he did was right. Just, he had some triggers, some trauma. Had some triggers. <laughs> Caused him to kill 11% of the population. It's a couple triggers. <laughs> I had an army for that, okay? Well, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just ham. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I really hope that by now our listeners know that <laughs> you're not a Genghis Khan <laughs> apologist. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You seem like a pretty I big fangirl. <laughs> Next week we're going to see a Genghis Khan poster behind you instead of Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Fraser. <laughs> no, because in the third movie he went and killed killed a chinese mummy oh he did yeah oh it was jet lee oh yeah it was not a great movie no they replaced rachel weiss oh uh, i remember the which was the scorpion king one that was real bad that was real bad that, that was cgi was horrible see i love the second movie but yes the cgi was terrible <laughs> i didn't hate the scorpion king movie though i think i liked it but it's been a while since i've seen it it's been a long time yeah. it's probably like not great now but like probably it was go back pretty and watch good it back like, then. <laughs> yeah there's no <laughs> match just, to the first one though that was amazing. that one was just yes magic Chef's kiss yeah <laughs> throughout his life however he was able to attract the loyalty of men prepared to serve him both other nomads and civilized men from the settled world what? I said nomads. The wonton nomads. <laughs> Tell you from Canada. Starting to sound like Kyle. It's <laughs> half an accent. Oh my God, Jessica. My friend said you were crazy. Which friend? I'm going to beat her up. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> he has a very Canadian accent. Josie is my you, but she's here. So. He was eating a boot the other day, looking at the cooler. That's it does not like. sound like that. Sound like that. <laughs> oh gosh, go away. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Podcast over. We're done. <laughs> His celebrity may even induce the elderly Deus Sage Chang Chong to travel the length of Asia to discuss religious problems. Above all, he was adaptive, a man who could learn. Like this man was kind of smart. Yeah. Horrible. I like that he listened to women. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah, you don't dope. find that in a lot of old male leaders. No. His military victories were based on organization, discipline, mobility, and ruthlessness of purpose. Massacres of conquered populations and the ensuing dread were weapons he frequently employed. His... Oh. <laughs> this is where I get into it. <laughs> his tactic of asking cities to surrender and arranging the methodical death of those who refused has been described as psychological warfare. Nevertheless, although it was certainly policy to undermine resistance by instilling panic, 
Massacre was utilized for its own sake. So, people were just trying to stand their ground. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Now. Now. He said I'd get back to his children. Yeah, I was waiting. So, here we are. So, basically, Genghis Khan was a piece of shit douchebag man who killed a bunch of people. But he also united a bunch of people. So, kind of take that with a grain of salt. And then he also had sex with a lot of women and made a lot of babies. Okay. We're all on the same page? Yep, we're there. Do we have questions so far? Jessica fangirls over him. That's it. Ew. (laughs) Not. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) So, his children. Although historians have long known that he had multiple marriages and a limitless number of concubines, the startling specifics were finally revealed in a 2003 study. One question weighed heavily on the minds of the multinational team of scientists that penned the 2003 genomic genomic study. Yes. How many people are related to Genghis Khan? Okay. They investigated 5,000 blood samples gathered from over 40 groups living in areas inside and close to the Mongol kingdom over a 10-year period in order to find out. 10 years this study took. Doesn't seem like a huge population that they picked from. Well, we'll see. Okay. Traces of his heritage could only be found in one population outside of the ancient boundaries of his empire, the Hazaras, which was a ethnic group speaking Persian who lived in Afghanistan and Pakistan. So a lot of these samples were from within that area, and then outside of that area, it was just this one group. Not they only found traces in this one group. Gotcha. There was only one group outside of that boundary. The Hazarats gave us our first clue to the connection with Genghis Khan, said Spencer Wells, a geneticist and co-author of the study. They have a long oral tradition that says they're his direct descendants. Wells focused on the blood sample's Y chromosome, as it was always passed down from father to son and does not undergo the normal recombination that other portions of the human genome do. It usually remains unaltered. So while they do happen occasionally, random mutations serve to identify each distinct branch of ancestry. He said, we have identified a Y chromosomal lineage with several unusual factors. It was found in 16 populations throughout a large region of Asia, stretching from the Pacific to the Caspian Sea, and was present at a high frequency. 8% of the men in this region carry it, and it thus makes up 0.5% of the world total. That's crazy. Which is crazy. One in 200 men alive today are descended from Khan, who discovered a specific pedigree dating back 1,000 years that belonged to the man himself. Wow. 
It is estimated by some experts that he impregnated over a thousand women throughout his reign. Oh my God. That man was fertile. Yeah. The geneticists also noted a correlation between Khan's territory expansion and the dissemination of his seed. The historically documented events accompanying the establishment of the Mongol Empire would have contributed directly to the spread of this lineage. While tracking Genghis Khan's progeny has become a scholarly endeavor in the 21st century, the number of offspring he personally fathered remains unknown. After all, only his first four sons with Buarte were ever properly recognized. Jochi fathered at least 16 offspring, so Jochi is his son. Um, so that child fathered at least 16 children, whereas Chigatai fathered 15. So that's a lot. That's, that's so many people. This is a clear example that culture plays a very big role in patterns of genetic variation and diversity in human populations. It's the first documented case when human culture has caused a single genetic lineage to increase to such an enormous extent in just a few hundred years. Ultimately, passionate historians and scientists are still debating the exact number of people who can trace their ancestry to Genghis Khan, and the solution is still somewhat unknown because it could only be solved definitively by finding his grave and removing his genetic material. Yeah. Which probably never find. Yeah. So that is my long, convoluted, chaotic story. No, that was great. I looked up a picture of Genghis Khan because I was like, I don't really know what he looks like. He, this picture they have of him, um, it was painted in 1278. He just looks like a nice old grandpa. This looks right? like a really nice old man. I know. But he's savage. Yeah. Also, I got my sources from All That's Interesting in Britannica. Ooh. And I'm really sorry, sorry if that was like very winded. No, it was convoluted. Really good. No, it, it was wasn't. Very hard to piece it together. <laughs> Your recaps helped a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, those were good. They helped me too. <laughs> so, helped me out a lot. <laughs> well, I'm glad you carried this episode for us this week. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's cool. It's I'm, fine. I'm it was like happy. five minutes, but <laughs> um, I have jokes. Oh, you got a joke pack right there. What's it say? So it's dad jokes. Okay, pull it out. Just dad jokes. Who got My it mom you? got it for Kyle for Christmas. Cute. And gave it to us early, and both Kyle and I were immediately like, "Oh, that's perfect for the podcast." Yeah, let's hear some. So, I figured it would be fun. If we just like randomly grab one from actually, no, let's just start from the beginning. You know, I'm just okay. gonna shuffle it. Let's do I'm it. Shuffle this bad boy. Do it. And then that way we can just like start from the beginning and like work our way to the back. Sounds great. Let's do I it. I don't know. I don't know how to shuffle. So <laughs> this is this is how it's looking right now. Oh geez, that's not a good shuffle. One just flew out. Oh, no. I don't... Okay. Okay. We're just gonna hope for the best. Do it. 
Okay. We ready? Yep. <laughs> what do you call an elephant who's out of touch? I don't know what. An irrelevant. Oh, irrelevant. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you want to hear a construction joke? Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> when is the... Oh, this one's super easy. Okay. When is the best time to go to the dentist? At 2.30. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I book a patient at 2.30, I'm like... <laughs> I, I t- chuckle to myself. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <clears throat> if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd say... Wow, that's coincidental. <laughs> Should we do one more? Sure. Okay. Oh. One more card. <laughs> what is Forrest Gump's computer password? One Forrest One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your nose runs and your sm oh <laughs> I fucked that up. <laughs> your nose runs and your feet smell seems like you were built upside down. <laughs> well, if you are on the edge of your seat and want to hear the next card, join us next week uh and follow us. <laughs> TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Patreon. And one of my TikToks, guys, has like I was just about to say if you want to see It's so stupid. It's literally my face asking what color I am. Like, you know, summer, winter, autumn, or whatever. It's got 18,000 views. What so in the world? Stupid. Oh my god, it's the stupidest thing ever. So if you want to see that, find us on TikTok um and join our Patreon. It's three dollars. You get a sticker and a monthly bonus episode. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, and you can rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. 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 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to bringing you two new stories next week. Bye. Bye.